Hang on. I plugged in something wrong then. Where's this go? Where's this from? All right, Gibbo, you should be good. Hello, hello. Oh, hello, beautiful. hello. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen. To publish, perish, or podcast. Your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science gets gassy. I'm Andy Stapleton, and joining me today are Christopher T. Bag Gibson. Namaste, BA. Namaste, Schmoopy. And Cameron Schmoopy Shira. Good results, Chris, and good um, money making, Andy. Thank you. Very good. Uh, Chris, you get gassy. Yes. Schmoopy, I've never known you to get gassy. Do you get gassy? So what um what metric is gassy? Like how does how does like, one go from not gassy to gassy? Like you sit there and you hold your stomach and you go, oh, and it's like a bit bloated and then you let it out and you feel better. Uh, no, then I don't. What? You are what? a mutant. <laughs> so you do get gassy Fuck, then? Yeah, doesn't everyone? I just thought it was going to be like, yeah, I get gassy. Everyone gets um, like gassy. I had two two glasses of coke. I'm feeling gassy right now. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's like for you. I mean, I think it's, your middle name could be gassy. Could be, could be. Okay, but, so I, I mean, I do burp and fart. Yeah, but I they don't. I don't feel like what I'm, I'm in a gassy state. Yeah, is that you, you is that what gassy is? Like yeah, I'm I think gassy. So. You know, just Chris. And maybe Did you hear me. what he said? Schmoopy burps and farts. <laughs> Burp and fart. I had a lot of lentils the other day. <laughs> I had so many lentils. Mm. I was over at a friend's place and they made yep. lentil soup. Mm-hmm. And I was fine that morning and afternoon or whatever, like the, the afterwards. But that evening, like the evening after the lentil soup, mm. I was just sat in mm. the in, on the sofa in mm. my house and I was mm. like, Oh. oh no! Oh, and I was like, "What is this?" I was like, "What's this?" And yeah. it started to build, and I was like, "I don't think it's gas." And Kay was like, "You're all right. You're looking red." I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Your anus is puckering." And I was like, oh, "Yeah, no. Oh, no. yeah." No. And I was like, no. "Take a look at it. Take a look at it. Were what is eyes, it? Were your eyes getting watery? What, yeah, eyes were watery. And I was like, "Take a look. Part the hair and take a look at it." Did you cry? Yeah, I had a little cry. And uh, she was like, "Ah!" And she was like, "Oh my god, it's starting to emerge." I was like, "What do you think it is?" She was like, "It's." News for the week. Uh, <laughs> that was quite a tale. Thank you. That was quite a tale. Yeah. All true as well. Yeah, very um, good, very good. So, news for the week. Look. I don't think it was all true. I believe you could have eaten lentils. That's yeah. definitely possible. Yeah. yeah. And Kate looks at my anus daily. Uh, just check in. Do you get that? You have a little anus check just to make sure everything's in position? What? And she says, puckering or not puckering? Yeah, she's like, it. everything's inside today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, where am I? <laughs> news. What are we doing? What are we doing? This is a science podcast. Um, news. <laughs> Theme for the day. This is a science podcast. Chris yeah, is back. Right. Chris is back. Yeah, we've got to be serious, mate. Now He's you're back. back. Gibbo's back. We had a lovely time without you. I mean, it was terrible. I heard. I heard you guys were having a rip-roaring time. Yeah. I don't think I even got mentioned, did I? Twice. Very good. Very good. Um, So, news. Uh, I recorded today a little bit of a promo for my uh, my invited talks and keynotes. Now, I'm hesitant to say keynote because I don't want to all be like, Hey, I'm Keynote, but let's face it, guys, I have given Keynotes. Of course, of course. All right, so I've got something to promote. You Your notes are key. Yeah. My notes are key. Anyway, so recorded that, which will go up on the website in the next couple of uh, days. And the thing with MetaFact that I talked about last week is going ahead. Um, really excited to work with MetaFact, producing short videos to explain questions and answers from experts. Awesome. Good yeah. on you, man. Well done. Thanks. That's it, really. Schmoopster. Good news, Andy. Matter of fact, <laughs> I was, I was started thinking about something else. Okay, well, well yeah. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah, I saw it in your eyes. Do you know where you are? Yes. Are you having a stroke? Do you know Put who your you hands are? Your hands up. Your Schmoopy. Your, your camera. I've done it. I've done say, it. I've done it. I've done it. Say Andy is the best. All right. Time for my He's having news. a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> if so, he said Andy's the best, then he is stroking out. Yeah, yeah that's sorry, true. Sorry, Cameron. So Chris did promise us 
via email that he listened to the last podcast. Oh, yeah. I surely did. So I surely you, did. It was really difficult. Can I explain why? Sorry to interrupt. Is usually when I listen to the podcast, I skip your bits. <laughs> but the last one was all your bits. <laughs> yeah. So it was really difficult to listen to. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> Is it much longer than normal? Unbelievable. It <laughs> dragged. <laughs> Absolutely dragged. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so, Chris and Andy, you would both know that uh, last week I talked that I – Spoke at a SASTA event. Yes, SASTA. I remember that. I remember Australian, that. Yep. Australian yep. Science, Science Teachers Association. That was connected with your Tall Poppy Award, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So during the ah. week, I was asked, number one, if I wanted a certificate to say that I spoke there. A certificate. Of course. And of course you want a certificate. Of and course. number two, if I wanted feedback. Oh. Well, only if it's good. Now, I said yes and yes. <gasps> I got both of them today. All right. So, number one, I got a certificate saying that I spoke at this event. Great. Will I ever show it to someone? Yeah, think? put it... You know when you're in school, did you have these in Australia where you have a little folder with clear sleeves mm. and you put in all your certificates from school? Yep. Put it in that. From my high from school? From your high school, yeah. Be like, <laughs> this is what I've achieved, everyone. Frame it and put it on the wall of your study. Yes. Okay, so the certificate was a PDF. Am I printing it out? Yes. Oh, man. No, keep it on your computer screen and nail your computer to the wall. <laughs> Somehow freeze the LCD crystals. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Use computer technology to do that. Okay. All right. So there we go. So I got the certificate. Great. Great. Now the feedback. Oh. I kind of just expected... I would get all maximum marks. Of course, of course. Oh, mate, they've given you not maximum. <laughs> you did this for free. I did this for free. Out of the goodness of your own heart and they're being critical. Yes. What dickheads. Smoopy, <laughs> did you get a HD? No. A what? D. My average score would be a high credit. High credit. Jesus, okay. what is their problem? Between 70 75%. Yeah, so I got 3.8 out of 5. Oh, my God. Uh, that's not too bad. That's Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm so outraged that? for that's you. That's 76%. Yeah, that's all right. That's a distinction, isn't I'm it? I'm outraged. Yeah. I'm so outraged. You, you are I am. It just annoys me when someone does something for free, spends some time, and then people go, that wasn't quite good enough. You spoke with your eyes closed it, for a bit there. You uh, are really annoyed. Look at that. Look at that anyone. I can't... Look at it. So, Schmoopy. So, it was quite oh. interesting. So, we spoke last week, Andy, about how I wasn't sure what they expected coming yeah. in. And I didn't have a great amount of time to get ready. So, yep. I kind of just went in. I did. I thought I did a good job. But yeah. I did give the Cameron presentation. I didn't give a showman's presentation. Didn't I didn't give, give a, a polish presentation. Yeah. Um, and so, I only got one mark of poor. And so, that was to the question of... Would this talk be a potential journal or newsletter article? Oh. Someone gave me a paw. <laughs> a Other journal one? article? That's, yeah, that's like a newsletter. Like, fuck what? them. Honestly, I, All right. oh, I turn it in. So recommend presenting again. So this is a score out okay. of, from one to five. Yeah. I got two people said two. So that's the second lowest score for recommend <laughs> to present again. Yeah. Who's marking this? I'm assuming this is the all the organizers. The people in the crowd. Oh so I have God. Oh, okay. 18, yeah. no, uh, 24 people gave oh, feedback. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. So two of them said you thought it was, You thought it was a panel of six, yeah. did you? Yeah. I thought it was like three people. And oh. I was like, what dickheads? Um, and Don't, so I have right. some comments and most of them are uh, quite good. So, of course, I'm focusing on the one one, which isn't exactly. perfect. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, Cameron was very knowledgeable in his field. He came across as a bit nervous but his session was interesting to me. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, the other one that's pretty similar was he was not well practiced at presenting his work. Small things distracted him from his presentation. What happened? So if I, um, so you know how often in talks people flick forwards and backwards through yeah. and they actually silently flick forwards and backwards through their talk. Yeah. yeah. When I flick forwards and backwards through my talk, I say, oh, hang on a minute. I forgot something. So I go back two spots. Yeah. I think that's what they're talking about, me getting distracted. Weird. Or if someone speaks to me. So I, I said it was an open session. People yeah. asking questions. Um, I was answering questions and then it was difficult for me to go back. Yeah. So it wasn't like, 
you heard there was a bird twittering outside and you stopped <laughs> and <laughs> looked out the window yeah. and sort of daydreamed. Nothing like that. <laughs> well, there was that one time I ran out to pat a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on, everyone. Give me a second. There's a fucking dog out there I have to pat. Pat, pat, pat. But it was a Labrador and I have a yeah. Labrador. Yeah, Fair that's enough. right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I love Labradors. All right, let's not focus on the bad things because these people are clearly idiots. Uh, what? So the, the rest of them were all good. Like you yeah. would consider the rest of the comments. Three to five. Give me, yes, a, yeah. give me your, your favorite comment. Oh, no, sorry. It starts, this one starts good. It says, very interesting, but not relevant. Um, <laughs> that's not a good one, is it? <laughs> All right. So the best topic, best comment perhaps is great value to extend the teacher knowledge about renewable energies and what people are doing now in SA universities to improve their efficiency. Oh, very great. good. Yep. That's, so that's good. That's what I did. Yep. So, yeah. Brilliant. That's good that that came across. Yeah. So I wonder, so Chris, mm-hmm. um, when you get, like you get marks for doing lectures sometimes. Yes. Do you see the scores like this? Are they rated one to five? Is that, uh, you see each no, individual score? It's more like, you know, how you do surveys and that and it's, you know, rate someone, you know, very bad, bad, satisfactory, good, very good. Yep. But that's so still a one like to that. five scale. I guess so. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I see those as well. Yeah. Okay. And do you get, have you ever gotten a... The lowest mark or the second lowest mark? No, never. I usually get satisfactory or very good or amazing or incredible. <laughs> you add your own <laughs> stars on. Um, but to be honest, you don't get like of all the lectures I've given and I've lectured to hundreds of people, you don't get 24 responses in a, in a class. You'll only usually get five or six at mm. most. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit different. These people were obviously like – You've got people who are keen to fill out forms. <laughs> well, they are teachers. They are yeah, teachers. Ah, uh, boom! There, there you go. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna give you feedback. Absolutely. Well, I am pleased that the majority of them were good. Yeah. And that yeah, you're gonna get some weirdos. So I wonder now. So if I ever do get asked to do some of this, am I now gonna practice more? It's like I this I do this as in my spare time. Yeah. It's not like I have time in my schedule to set aside to perfect this talk yeah yeah anyway and that's you know for me if i'm if they're paying for me to go across and give like a 20 minutes something i Mm -hmm. will practice with kate i will practice on my own i'll practice the narrative the structure but if you're asked to turn up for free yes donate some time to explain your research they shouldn't even be given the opportunity for anything <laughs> below a three. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just turning above. up yeah. Yeah. gets you to, this guy was okay because he fucking, t- and it annoys the shit out of me <laughs> that these people are like, oh, he's given up his spare time to come and speak to, speak to us and he's an expert and he spent all this time researching and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Poor. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you're listening to this, I'm annoyed. I'm going to come and find you. <laughs> I think teachers and academics are probably similar in some sense that that they can be overly critical at times. Yeah. Certainly, I think. I think that's possible. Hopefully, their life isn't as good as ours. I'm sure it's not. Who knows? Who knows? Shmoopy. All right. Oh, thanks for that, Andy. And thanks for uh, sticking up for me. That makes me feel good. Yeah, Yeah. good. Good on you, Andy. I mean, I'm sticking up for you too as well, Cameron. All right. Now, I've got another thing I want to bring up. Oh, bring it up. Andy, I wish you weren't nice to me just now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Now, Chris and Andy... Yeah. We're scientists, well, you are, but everything that we do relies on metric. Yes. Metrics. 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 And for for ages and ages and ages, we've been calling Andy bald. But there is a metric for how bald someone is. Oh, wow. Brilliant. It's called the Hamilton Norwood scale. And I have a a picture thing here and Chris, oh. you and I can rate. come up with what uh, what score on, can, you, can you give Andy me gets. so is it between what's the score system so it's a score of one for a full head of hair like Chris and I alright to a seven which is not bald but only like that patch Around from the ear to ear yeah like the monk kind of yeah. thing oh no more, less than a monk alright right. it's the bottom right corner I think he's more like that one an important factor that we don't see is the Bold patch at the top of the Do head. Do you want to see it now? Do you have one of them? Not really. Oh, that changes things. I see it's so just I'm coming only rec- through. I'm receding. Are you sure I'm not there? Maybe? <laughs> oh, oh no, yeah, no, that's got a, a monk patch at the back. 
Yeah. Sorry. Are we? So I obviously I don't see the top of my head. Am I balding at the top? So you a do, little bit. I do see a slight circle, which is thinner. Yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. But it's not bald yet. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So I think you're a three on the Hamilton Norwood scale. You are even. So you're not oh, shit, that sorry. bald. No. Sorry, We've been sorry. making fun of you. Let's have a look. Oh shit! That's. I love the diagrams, by the way. <laughs> Uh, Wikipedia Hamilton Norwood scale. Brilliant. All right. Well, that was fun. That's good. That's good. But so could you great. grow your hair a little bit longer so we could have a proper check? Sure. Thanks, man. Very good. All right. Well, I'm pleased that I've been matricized. Uh, Gibbo. All right. There's a lot Welcome of Gibbo back. news. A lot of Gibbo's news. A lot. So this is going to be the rest of the podcast now. If it is, so I'm cutting it. Brace yourself. Okay. So been a while. So I had, to, I had to cancel a couple of podcasts. Yeah, you were ill. Uh, one, I was ill. And one reason we'll talk about a bit more in today's topic, mm, yes. topic slash feedback. Yes. Um, and that was a little bit, I think, connected to, to why I got ill anyway. Um, and I was sick for the better part of a week. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the, the chronic horrendous flu that's going around. Right. Um, but yeah. I, I diagnosed you with a severe common cold. Yes. From the yes. symptoms you told me? Yeah. So I didn't have blocked up nose or sore throat, but I had chills, fever, and aches and pains in my bones, joints, and muscles. Same shit. And it, yeah, it just didn't go away for days and days. But anyway, I'm back. Welcome. And I'm fighting fit. Good. Well, I'm alive. Okay. So what else happened? So much, so much news to report. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am a co-investigator on a grant that was submitted to the FDA. What's that? Food, Food and, and Drugs Drug. Administration yep. in the States. Yes. Yes. I can't I can't talk about it because it's so top secret. Oh, nice. But the chief and the one the, the head chief investigator, whatever you call that person, the, the one in charge, yep. does has got a uh, has actually uh, won funding from this uh, this group before this mm. the, the FDA. So nice. not I'm sure not, when we're gonna find out about it. So that. how many chief investigators are there? Good question. Um there was Quite a few. I couldn't actually tell you off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, quite I've a few. I've never heard of a FDA grant. I'm, I'm not yeah, this was the first the, time. So I've this heard is the of type that. of thing where there can be more than. Oh, three. there was there was there was probably more than six. I'd say. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, again, I'll talk a bit about that later on the topic. So we had Easter recently, a couple of weeks ago. Ooh. Same time as everyone else. Same time as everyone else, except for um, Orthodox Christians. They have a little bit later. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's an interesting. Fact? Why? Because uh, they they didn't change their calendar when um, the Gregorian calendar was. Um, oh, you actually know. Well done. That's good stuff. Very good. Um, yeah. School holidays coincided <laughs> with the Easter break, uh, and my uh, daughter Shauna had her birthday during the Easter Congratulations, break. Congratulations, Shauna! Yep, turned nine. Nine. We went to Charlie's again. Oh, all you can eat. All you can eat buffet. Once Ooh. again, they regretted seeing seeing me. Seeing the Gibmeister. Yeah, they now, lost money. Let me think. <laughs> I doubt it. Now, last time you said you uh, pounded some pounded. Mexican uh, mincemeat. Yes. Same thing I, again? I went crazy with tacos. I spread it around a bit more this time. Okay. Uh, I had a lot of Chinese food, a lot of tacos. Uh, I knew it was coming, so I starved all day. No. Uh, steak. <laughs> And I steak. Did, uh, yeah, they had steak. Well, their version of steak, and um, <laughs> so chunks of meat. Yeah, uh, and then lots of other stuff: luncheon meat, olives. I just went hog wild and had anything they they basically put out. I ate. Um, and that was awesome. Sean got a new bike, and for anyone who watches the Netflix TV show, nailed it. She got a money gun. What's a money gun? It's a gun that fires money. Coins. It's a gun. Paper money. Well, there's mon Monopoly money in this case. So to you press it, it and it, rain. Just, it flies out. Yeah, yeah, it flies out. Did they invent that for strip clubs? Uh, no, they invented it for a cooking show, but it could be used at that location. Nice. What, in which situation does she do it or is it just a gun? She loves the show Nailed It and I uh, saw it and I didn't think and I bought it. It's beautiful. And then she got it and then her and her mates fired it and then money went everywhere. And they loved it. Monopoly money and it just is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, it's the quickest way to make a mess. Huge mistake. Yeah. And as soon as one gets slightly wrinkled, it blocks it up. <laughs> and we just had Monopoly money all over the house. you got to buy, buy more Monopoly sets. I have to buy more Monopoly money. My wife said, no, you're not. And I think we've put nearly all the money in the bin. Anyway, 25 bucks well spent. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, she had a sleepover party. This is some yeah. advice for you, um, Schmoopster. For nine years' time? For Yep, for nine years' time. Or earlier, if um, Oliver does have sleepovers before then, they mm. can start when they're about six or seven. That's Oof. when our kids start, uh, Shauna started. Seven girls in Keelan at our house was full on. I bet it seems full on. Um, now, the difference between having a party is the party is obviously a nightmare, but it's over in a few hours. It ends. It what ends. happens with a sleepover? Uh, lots of screeching and squealing into the early hours. Never ends. I think there yeah. are still kids at our house <laughs> two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot longer. So, just, uh, just, just you know, a bit of advice there. So, across Web of Science and Scopus, H index is now 23. Boom. Because we don't care about metrics. No. Nope. Here on. No. Nope. Peepop. Graphene thickness paper now has over 9,000 downloads. What? And, Schmoops, do you all love this? On nanotechnology, that's the journal that published the paper. Um, you know, they have their, their most read list, their most cited list, blah, blah, blah. Our paper got kicked off the most read list. Not anymore. It's back on. She's back on. It's back. Nice. Back. I keep, it was I off, keep but meaning now to take a back screenshot. On. I keep assuming that it's just going to stay there every time it's no. up. It left, but it's back on, you baby. Take a screenshot. It's back on. I didn't, but I'll have to do that as soon as I get home. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> do you know you can do that without taking a literal photo of the screen, don't you? Uh, on my computer at home, I hit function and print screen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Good Thank on you, you mate. You've you. been learning. You've been Thank Googling you. stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I've got a little story uh, about some of my papers. So, you know, my cantilever paper, the first one I published, it's got nearly 200 sites. It got overtaken recently the by a Gibson method paper. Gibson method paper. My first paper where I felt like this is all me. It's yep. all me I'm putting out this is, there. Yep. My idea, my experiments, my paper, it. my analysis, yep. it's all me. Um, it has been overtaken by another paper I'm a co-author on, um, an advanced materials paper. Yep. Let's just call it that. It overtook it on Web of Science and Scopus quite a while ago. Yeah. And very recently, it has just taken over my cantilever paper on Google Scholar. Mm. All right. So it's properly... You, you properly. And then properly guess buried. what? What? No, cantilever paper came back. Came back strong. What? It got extra sights. From what? Tied again. But now- Who's um, citing this? Uh, I don't know. It must be me. <laughs> and the advanced materials paper has now pulled away. Yeah. Very, ever, ever so slowly, it's leaving it in the dust. All right. So it's gone. Yeah. End of an era. Yeah. It's been a while. It has. Schmoopy's rubbish science competition. Let's get an update. B-Pop's most relevant scientist of the year competition. B-A. What? With a respectable 1.75. Here we go, here we go, here we go, 1.75. Now, I think last time Chris was close to beating me even. Well, here we go. <laughs> the only reason Schmoop he's bringing star, it up. 2.16. Oh, okay. And yes, you better believe it. Gibbo's score is... 2.03. Oh. <laughs> but that's the closest you've been to Closest first I've been for ever, a long time. If ever, if ever, in fact. Maybe I'm losing relevance and you're all you're gaining relevance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how your for, first thought was you're losing relevance. Yes, yeah, that was my first thought. It could be a bit of both, perhaps. Yeah, anyway. It's time for Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. And feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. All right. Uh, so the topic today comes from feedback, um, and this is from Damien Tenney, who is a researcher in computer vision and machine learning at the Australian Institute for Machine Learning. Oh, machine learning. Holy. Oh. So AI. Robots. AI. And he's at the University of Adelaide. So you've probably walked past him, schmoopster. Perhaps. Uh, Damien... Sounds like a very intelligent fellow. Could All it, right. Could he let us know when our robot overlords are going to do some <laughs> overlording? I'd sure. like a rough approximation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> let us know, David. Let us know. I'm tired tonight. Look at me. I'm yawning. I'm at you. <laughs> We've started earlier, too. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, Sophie kept me up last night, the dog. What happened? She. Uh, she. Sleeps on my side shut of the bed sometimes. Shut up, shut up, shut up. It doesn't she, count. She, <laughs> oh, yeah. She course. sleeps. She yeah. sleeps and she dreams and she kicks me. Oh, you poor bugger. I was up <laughs> three times, I reckon, just shushing her, rubbing oh, her little head, making sure she was fine. I weep for you. I'm dribbly. All right. 
so I won't read it all because it's quite long, but I just want to hit on a couple of things. Um, so he says, hi, Andrew. I just thought of a discussion topic for the podcast. Um, how do you guys view or approach grant writing? He's, uh, I'll, I'll read it as if he's writing it. I'm an ECR, pretty much the same level as Cameron from what I gathered, and I'm slowly getting into grant writing. I find this is more the job of a marketing expert than of a scientist. It's like writing a paper without doing the experiments. Probably more like writing fiction than actual uh, than writing an actual scientific paper. Whoa. Mm. Whoa. Uh, so he's got an ARC discovery project. Um, and I, he says, I wonder whether things will change in the long term where research funding would be allocated for different reasons uh, than just a technical plan. And it seems like the ARC, so Australian Research Council, is already putting relatively low rate on the technical proposal compared to all the other stuff, like your publication record. Um, and anyway, he says, anyway, I really enjoy listening to the podcast. Uh, I found out about it as I was looking for Adelaide-based podcasts. So it's just by chance that the topic suited me so well. It makes me feel a little less lonely as a scientist in academia with problems no one else cares about. <laughs> that was all like hyphenated as well. I think we should get t- <laughs> that was good. Yeah, we should get t-shirts printed with scientists in academia with problems no one else cares about. Uh, and also, um, it got me to know about the Australian culture a little bit better and faster. Gibbo, hmm. you did this recently. You contributed to a grant. Yes. So, specifically to his point. How do you view or approach grant writing? So let's start with the approach and then we'll go into the technical detail stuff. So afterwards. for the grant that I was on recently? Yeah. How do you view it? How I, do you... I only had to write my section. Yeah. So the actual grant proposal, I had very little input in. I just had to prepare my my rope, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But it's for Your the FDA, so it's a little different. Record of performance against opportunity something no. like that yeah research but, opportunity performance yeah oh god i, I can't so never, many I can never remember what the acronym is but that was really the only section i had to do so that was when uh, we're out for shauna's birthday dinner yeah and i got a text yep. from someone i'd been doing some measurements for for this grant yeah and it said would you like to be the chief investigator on the grant yeah you have till 9am to write your, <laughs> your, you know, whatever you want to call it, your rope section. It's a bit yeah. different for the FDA. And I thought, what do I do? Yeah. Had You've to cut to- it short, had to go home and just had to do it. Yeah. You can't really turn these opportunities down. And no, if it could, I mean, you're essentially you've got to be in it to win it. It could, it, it may not get funded, yeah. but if it does, then it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. So luckily my family's quite understanding. I did go home early from Shauna's dinner. And I was up the entire night and I never really recovered from it. And I think that probably did help me get a little ill a, mm. bit, uh, a week or two later. So all that, that was what I had to do. So I had to, I had to uh, luckily um, the person who texted me sent me uh, what they'd written for their section. So yeah. I could use that as a bit of a template. And then I had to populate it with my own stuff. And there was not enough in common with the ARC style for me to just cut and paste. So mm-hmm. how many pages? Five pages. And that's mostly text. Is that including a publication list? No, uh, you didn't really have to put in a publication list. Okay, so it was mostly you talking, writing text about how you're an expert in your field. Exactly, things like that. Um, Now, I did, you know, I did mention things like H-index, citations, number of papers, things like that. And there were questions about where you had to show, you know, what's been your scientific impact, your major scientific impact, things Mm. like that. That's difficult to do. Like, it's not... Five pages isn't that much, but that is hard to do. Yeah. So I could, I could really use nothing I'd ever written before. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't a copy and paste job. No, it had to go from scratch. And so that was challenging. Yeah. That was really Made you sick. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that probably didn't help. I used, I've done a lot of all-nighters in my time, but I have to admit after doing that, I never really felt like I got back to normal mm. and then I got crook. Mm. So it was that, that's, that, was, that was tough. Cameron, in terms of your approach... So the way that you view or, you know, any sort of philosophy around starting grant writing, have you got anything to add? So um, so basically the only times where I've been the, the lead grant writer are the yeah. times where I've been applying for fellowships. Right. So I've done that four times now, written yeah. a grant for a fellowship. 
and I've only really been involved in two slash three large grants, so mm-hmm. say $300,000 plus mm-hmm. um, in the writing process and I haven't done a lot in those other ones. Mm-hmm. So the only, the only time where I've done a lot of work has been on those fellowship ones um, and I haven't won any of them. So I, I'm not sure if I can really give advice. Well, I'll tell you what, Damien... Because Damien says, I've got an ARC discovery project funded myself. He's doing something right. So I'm not too sure what this says about me as a scientist, smiley face. Well, it says you know how to write grants. Yeah, but I think going back to what he'd written before is it means that maybe he's a better marketer than he is a right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, never think of yourself like that. And any marketing skill you have, use it to your advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't be uh, guilty about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So... Shmoopy, I'll stay with you. So to um, Damien's point about technical detail. Yep. So we just t- just touched on it then. How much of it do you feel like is marketing? Do you feel like you can just say what you want really and worry about that later? So yep. what do you feel about the balance of technical detail versus just like the hype? Yeah. So the bit of advice that I've heard a lot is you're supp- you should write for your audience. Sure. So... When you write a journal article, your audience is kind of a review the reviewers, which yeah. are kind of your peers. Because they're the gatekeepers to But are your audience for citations are actually students and researchers because yeah. they're the people who actually write the papers. Yeah. So you gotta like that. So you actually do need to include quite a lot of technical detail to get it past the reviewers, mm-hmm. but then also include the technical detail that someone then reads and wants to do what you did. Mm. Uh, in the case of a grant, your um, audience is number one, the reviewers again, who probably should be pretty much an expert in your field. Yeah. But more importantly, at least in the case of the Australian Research Council grants, your audience is a member of the College of Experts. Mm. So there's some pool of 30 people or so, and they actually are the gatekeepers to all the grants. Right. So... Um, one person gets assigned yours and they're your, what's the word, Chris? Do you remember? They're your carriage, I think. Oh, okay. I and haven't heard that before. When it comes, when, when your grant comes up for discussion, depending upon what marks it gets from the reviewer, yeah. your carriage is the person who's supposed to argue for or against your um, All right. your uh, grant application. Yeah. So And that person is one of 30 in Australia. Right. And... It's very unlikely that one of these people is going to be an expert in your particular research area. Mm. And so that's why you should be writing it in that a scientist can understand, but not a whatever you are scientist. Sure. So in, in some way, like it's you don't go to first principles, yeah. but you've still got to dumb it... <laughs> It down. You still yeah. simplify it enough that it's not a cognitive load on another scientist mm-hmm. to be trying to wrap their head around something. Yeah, still needs to be obvious. Yes. So it's it's more it's all about writing mm. for your audience, and in that case, your audience is is this person. Yeah. Um, and so I once overheard. So every university has college of expert people either there uh, who are currently college of experts or part. Uh, previously college experts yeah so you can ask them for advice and they're very good people to speak to mm. and i overheard one once what are you doing overhearing sneaking uh, exactly sneaking and eavesdropping that's what i do <laughs> a lot of the time <laughs> so they were talking about their uh, experience of being this and they said you know a reviewer is an ecr when they focus too much on the details mm. okay so i've so they so they right. kind of feel like details aren't as important to them as the broad brushstrokes as, as of, the broad brushstrokes of the art of the thing or yeah. um, maybe they would be saying details aren't as important but past experience or you know past uh, uh, past doing good things Jesus Christ I can't speak <laughs> it's all right it's quite late <laughs> past I mean, accomplishments <clears throat> I mean Sophie kept me up so I'm I'm with you. <laughs> So and the I read other people's successful grants um, every time I get the opportunity to read oh, it yeah. to read them. Do you notice a huge difference between theirs and yours? 
Yes. Do you? But really? I also don't oh, okay. think I uh, remember mine as well as I think I do. Okay. So I did reread my Future Fellowship recently when I put in the rejoinders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, some parts weren't as good as I thought and other parts were better than I mm. thought. Um, and reading other people's that have been successful, I often do think that they don't put in enough detail. So it's kind of a, but these were successful ones. Yeah. So maybe I have been putting in too much detail in my own applications. In a, in a way, muddying the water so people can't see the broader significance, do you think? I don't know. Or, or they mm. just don't care and they get bored. Or, or, yeah, right. <laughs> or I, I, I spend too much time writing my exact process that I'm going to follow. Yeah. And then that page that I spent instead of half a page, yeah. I lose that space for for making some big st- statements or yeah. making a nice figure that explains what I'm going to do better yeah. uh, and quicker because yeah. these College of Expert people are going to flick through. Yeah. Um, I received some to mark this year. And the first thing I did was flick through and look at the figures. Yeah, right. So that's something like next time I'm going to make sure that my figures are much better than what I've done yeah. in the past. Yeah, nice. Yeah, good. Gibbo. Yeah. Technical information versus some marketing. What so do you do? I always, I've written a few grants and I always start with the big broad brush strokes. Strokes. But like a spaceship caught in a black hole's gravity well, I feel myself falling into technical detail yeah. after a couple of pages. And I, then I go back and I look and I go, oh, no. Because I almost find it impossible not to, well, you, to fall into that trap. You write it like a paper. Yeah, so I start off, and, and often with papers, we start off with quite broad statements about how amazing the work is. Yeah. And then you dig into the technical detail. Yeah. I find it really hard not to go into the... T- I think I definitely go into too much technical detail. Yeah. But like it's it's a... To me, it's a an, an alluring trap because that's how you can show that you know what you're talking about yep. by including the detail. But you it's may just, be shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. But are you trying... I mean, that's the question. Are you ultimately trying to show them what you know? As in showing off, not showing them that you know it? Well, what are we doing in a paper? We're trying to demonstrate that we've done new work, yeah. that it's novel, that it's real. And so that relies on the technical data because first of all, you're saying this is true, but also maybe the- This the, is there to back it up. But also like this is different because of these intricacies yeah. compared to yeah. something before. Mm-hmm. So I take his point about it's like writing a paper, but without any, <laughs> any experiments or any yeah. details in it. Um, so I'm still struggling with that that whole concept of trying to, to keep it that. One thing I'll say about the grants I've read in the last few years that have been successful, they all look really good. They look like if you, just to if look you at. just look through them, it's like, I don't know what it is, the font, the spacing, the yeah. figures, they just look amazing. White space. Lots of and space. First thing I did was flick through them and look at the pictures. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah. Got, the you figures. get a feeling from these types of things. figures so, yeah. need to look good. And And... It's, it's a lot of stuff. Like one thing a couple of people have, have said to me have been successful is the first page. Like there are a lot of people I know are sort of like, you've got to have a nice figure on the first page. It's going to basically sum up the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah. Um, I know a couple of people who have gotten very close to getting awarded grants and when they've got their comments or their, you know, their rejoinders, um, they've been criticized for not having any experimental data in the grant. Oh, right. So they do want, they're funding something. They want pre- preliminary data. Preliminary data. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, th- this is a fine line as well because I, I, I know a couple of people, same people, in fact, who've said, you know, they put in more and more. Yeah. And then, they're, then they start getting concerned that they're going to turn around and say, well, look, you don't really You've need funding. You've done the work. You don't, yeah, you don't need funding. You, you're doing this without it. Yeah. Um, so it's, again, it, it's tricky. I think, I think, you know, it is the luck of the draw to some degree. If you get a referee who doesn't really care about having data in there and just likes a nice-looking marketing grant, yeah. then you're in. Yeah. But that's not always the case. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and write a discovery grant next year, and my intention is to start writing it. I've I've already got a rough draft done, mm. but it's incredibly rough. But I've got to make it. Um, I've got to get rid of some of the technical detail. Mm. It's too much technical detail. Um, so this looks 
then if we're going away from like a technical proposal, this is something that we've talked about before. I think you've brought it up, Schmoops, where it's like you, they're just worried about publication record. They essentially just care if you can do what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's just not like, sure, you're good enough or if you can't do it, we know at least you would be capable if it was possible, I guess would be the thing. It's like, yeah, he's a good scientist. They're a good scientist. We back you. Go do your thing. Yep. So uh, we were looking, I think the other day, like the blind reviewer, but maybe this, is, I mean, this is separate, I guess. This is just someone submitting their H-index and their papers and people going, I'll back you. <laughs> and so uh, Damien I- says... Uh, yeah, it seems like that ARC is already putting relatively low weight on the technical proposal. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that? Well, so just to, just from what I heard, so that over, mm. overheard speech from the College of Experts, the fact that I don't see many people um, adding t- technical detail in the successful grants mm. and the times that I... So the the second my second DECRA in particular, I was writing on something that I knew a lot about and I wrote it at such a high level that um, every every single person who I asked to read it didn't understand mm. um, what I was going to do, even though it was, it, I mean, it was it was written correctly. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I was I was angry at everyone who I read it for not being <laughs> clever enough for yeah, understanding right. my grant article but i now realize that i was wrong yeah and i should have written it for like you got to write for your audience i I should have written it such that because they other professors in my department are perfect examples of scientists who are clever but aren't necessarily experts in my field yeah Mm, i've got to write it so that they could understand it so yeah um that was a, a, a mistake on yeah. my behalf th- that I think I've fixed in the most recent round. And, oh, great. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, but alternative funding means, I mean, I, I I don't like, I think the research Australian Research Council doesn't need to give out grants anymore. Mm. Just give the money directly to the universities. And they'll sort it. And the universities can then work out where it goes from there. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. People at our stage, Chris, we really don't have time or the work contract to be able to write three-year-long grants. So that's why I've only been the, the, the lead in fellowships because that's going to pay my salary. Yeah. I can't really write a discovery project, which is a three-year uh, project, when I only have a contract that goes for six months. Mm. And so, Chris, now you're at this, you're like four years ago, you wrote a discovery project. Oh, and I've now that couple, you've got yeah. a five-year yeah. Contract you're planning to write another one? Yes, yes. Um, but do you like? You know, uh, we use the word weaseling for get onto getting onto papers. It's not quite the same for grants. But is there a method, or is there advantages or disadvantages for trying to weasel onto grants? Like the, their success rate is so much lower than papers. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, the FDA one, I didn't. I didn't have to do any weaseling. I just, um, it just happened. It was a surprise, you know, and that, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Um, the linkage grant came about, um, from really tea room conversations with the the head, the head CI Mm. and really me just probably whinging a little bit about how hard it is. Mm -hmm. And they took pity on me. So (laughs) groveling, is that what I'm, is that what I'm proposing? Um, I guess just talking to people and, you know, I mean, what, what else can you do? Um, there's a couple of other, there's a couple of people I know at the university now who I mean one thing I think is true is you've got to have a track record that's that that the person's going to look at you and think you're not going to bring this grant down mm. you know and that that was definitely a weakness I've had in the past I don't feel like it's such a weakness now mm. the question will be for me is is my track record strong enough to be the lead CI on a discovery grant that is I'm not sure about yet. Mm. And I need to have a couple of honest conversations with people about that. Yeah. Um, if not, I will have to find someone who to piggyback to be the lead CI. Yeah. And in, in which I would probably do the bulk of it, but they would be the lead CI, and their track record would would help the grant um, the increase the chances of success. Yeah. And so that's the situation I'm in. I've got stats on that. Ooh. Stats. So not track record, but success rate for researchers. In 
terms of career age. Ooh, excellent. So how would you – so career age is in years since PhD. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the overall average success rate – so this is only for last year's uh, discovery projects and this is all chief investigators. So um, the overall success rate I think was about tw- a bit over 20%, I think. Uh, and so how do you imagine the success rate would track with career age? So number of years after finishing your PhD. Yeah. Oh. I reckon it would just go up. Yeah. That was that's it. So it just is but what is the optimum time? Or does that just keep Yeah, going? I think it just keep on it keeps on going up. Yeah. So um That's that's this is really interesting actually. Not the best graph here. So all so all success rates, this is for um this male and female success. I wish they kind of joined them together. Um, but because I don't know the proportion of male and female, I can't tell you the exact number. Okay. Yep. So we'll just go with male success rate. I'm sorry. I can. All the data is on the ARC website. Mm. Um, so all the male success rates for all of these career ages are between 20 and 25%. I kind oh. of expected someone, the zero to four career age bracket would be like 10%. Yeah. Cause that's so you mean beca- zero to four years? Yeah. And, and you said 20, 25%. You meant 20 to 25 years, did you? No. Say it again. I'm confused. <laughs> All career ages are oh, okay. between right. 20 yep. to 25%. Okay. okay. So that it just, it's like a plateau. Well, it, it does vary a little bit, but I'd yeah. probably say that it varies like kind of within error. Yeah, right. Oh, so okay. Zero to four years. Oh, so it doesn't matter. Zero to four years, you're about 23%. Okay. Five and then five to nine years, 10 to 14 years, 15 to 19 years, 20 to 24 years are about that 21 to 24 oh, percent. Okay, and then the highest is 25 plus years, which is 24 percent. Oh, really? So it doesn't, yeah, yeah. All right, very good. Um, anything else? I think we're with 125, so we're good. Uh, no, no one, no other pearls of wisdom for me. You got to be in it to win it, but don't waste your time. <laughs> It's a tough game. There's no doubt yeah. about it. You ever, you never wasted your time on a on a weaselled um, grant. I've only or, weaselled on two, I guess you'd say. Yeah, so, and the, you don't know if the FDA was a was a waste of time, but not yet. Somewhat fortuitously, they gave you so little notice that you could only waste twelve hours. Yeah, yeah that's I, right. I mean, yeah. you have to look at it that way. Yeah, it wasn't like I found out two months ago and wasted, you know, hundreds of hours. Yeah, because yeah. you would have spent a week probably writing that. Oh, absolutely. If you had the yeah. time. To yeah, do from it. scratch. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. Our next section is science. This where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And this week, the topic is. Bathing. Mm. Bathing. Washing your body. Bathing. B-A. Yeah. Everyday B-A. activity. Definitely an everyday thing. Well, is it? It is. Ugh, I Do you... Go- can I have a question? Yeah. Do you guys bathe every day? Yeah. A shower. Same, isn't it? Well, yeah. I used to be a two-shower-a-day person, a two-bathy two person. Yeah. But I do miss a day every oh. now and then. There's one part of my body that Ooh, gets a bath let's like a couple of times a day. Oh, no, I don't want to know what Because I've got is. a hose on the toilet now after going oh. to Thailand. So my anus is squeaky clean. Hold on. You went to Thailand and suddenly you've got a hose in your toilet? <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? So in Thailand, they instead of toilet paper, they use... A hose on the toilet. So I've, been, spray, I, I've and, been to overseas countries and I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, and you so you don't use toilet paper. You just let it like it's humid anyway. So you it's just like kind a of bidet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I I was fresh as a daisy over there. Yeah, and I was like, why am I not doing this at home? So thirty five dollars, bought one, fixed it, fitted it myself. You can buy these things. Yeah, just online. Oh, I know what I'm doing after this. Brilliant. It's lovely. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I bathe bathe one part of my body a few times a day. Oh lord. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll go. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, no, no. That's fine. Good. That's fine. Uh, okay. I think you did cut him off. Good. That's right. Was I saying yeah. something interesting? Yeah. <laughs> no. God, it, yeah. It, no. Uh, it, my memory's so bad. Uh, it doesn't matter if you cut me off. Uh, all right. So, is it bathing, or is it? Bathing. What is it? 
ba is it barium thing oh, and- <laughs> what is it that i are think it's that are you just doing your own science this is this what you're doing i think it's that so i looked at it and i was BA like ba is in the the element barium of, yeah and what about for th thorium thorium yeah there was and nothing interesting about thorium iodine, iodine and yeah. then the um there's one of those weird ones ng I don't oh, know. Why would I say I am? <laughs> <laughs> I think I started Indium. spelling barium. <laughs> <laughs> so nitrogen and then uh, if we're, G. If we're science in this, I'm going back to my roots as a chemist. I'm fucking doing. If we were to create barium, do you know how they create barium? Create barium. They, they harvest they, it from bears. They do not do that. Yeah. Do you know how they they mine it? Right. Yep. Look at this for a process. Here we okay. are. This is science, this, guys. Hmm. This is BA thing. <laughs> All right. The mined ore is washed, crushed, and then separated from quartz. Right? Okay. Typical standard rock shit. How's it separated from quartz? Just crushed up and shit. Heat. If, if the quartz penetrates too deeply um, into the ore or the iron or the zinc or lead content is abnormally high, then froth... Flotation is used. Mm-hmm. So that was at Newcastle, actually. Jameson Flotation was the guy. Anyway, I met him in Newcastle. Oh, he made, wow. He's a millionaire because of he floated some rocks. <laughs> <laughs> then they take that barium sulfate, they mix it with carbon. Guess what happens? Um, I don't know. Some kind of reaction? Makes CO2? Yeah, and CO2 PA? comes off. I did say reaction. Ends up with barium sulfide. Oh, good old right. barium sulfide. And you're thinking to yourself, what the hell are they going to do with barium sulfide? How are they? That's not even the thing Hydrogen. Water-soluble barium sulfide. So they just, they just put it in uh, water. So reacting BAS, so barium sulfide with oxygen, produces the sulfate uh, with nitric acid, the nitrate, with carbon dioxide, the carbonate, and so on. Don't quite understand that bit. (laughs) (laughs) Good old so on. What? Wikipedia, you're shit. Uh, The barium metal is produced because there's barium oxide. Once you can dissolve it up, you react it with oxygen. Um, And you just put it in with aluminium. So now we've got to get fucking aluminium involved. Mm. Or bauxite in its raw form. This is how barium's fucking made. You have a look at this shit. All right. This is insane. Not easy, is it? No. So the remaining barium oxide reacts with the formed aluminium oxide. So then you end up with barium oxide. You end up with the aluminium oxide reacting. And then you end up with barium being... uh, Barium vapor is condensed and packed into molds. Because this is done at 1,100 degrees C. Wow. I never knew this much about barium. Exactly. This is what I'm telling you. Because I was looking it up. I was going to come up with my own system. I was like, this is fucked. I couldn't yeah. find a better way though, guys. It's too... You're going to come with your own way to making barium. I thought, how... Well, because I looked at it. I was like, how hard can it be? Turns <laughs> out it's pretty hard. Harder than you thought. And I thought, you get rocks, crush it up, separate it out. Boom, Bob's your uncle. you got to fucking turn barium metal vapor. Mm. Mm. And then you pack it into molds in argon. And then that's it. And then you get barium, yielding ultra pure barium. <laughs> Shrupy. You just you're being quite aggressive there, aren't you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. So bathing is basically washing. So in the lab, we do oh, I do a lot of washing to make things clean. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think of what do we do in the chemistry world that could also be applied in real mm. in real world bathing. Mm. So, temperature is quite important in bathing. Number one, you want a high temperature because it does help grease and things dissolve off your body. Mm. I'm imagining a bath here when I say bathing. But um, I don't like how my bath gets colder and colder the longer that I stay in it. Yeah, so you're you're thinking heating elements. Whereas in the lab, I have water baths which maintain an exact temperature. Yeah. There you go. So why can't we have baths that maintain a temperature by having a heating element or something similar in there somewhere? What about a sonic That'd bath? That'd be good. The ultra sonic. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Bathe in that and it would, would you kill put you? your 
no. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I suspect it's bad for you. Yeah, it maybe. But it's it good could. For... It could get a lot of dirt off you, though. Yeah. Yes, I was. I was going to come to that as well. So the ultrasonicator. Yeah. That is the number one thing to go to to clean things at room yeah, temperature. So absolutely. it kind of. Uh, sends waves and then it uh, yeah i think it's like cavitation makes, bubbles yeah, as makes well cavities and things in, yeah Energy. in the liquid and that's <laughs> whenever um we go past the jeweler who made our wedding rings mm. we have to go in there because they ultrasonically clean yeah. lauren's rings yeah and things yeah. so that's the best way to clean jewelry you can just take it into your work uh don't tell her that <laughs> i'm not i'm not exactly sure which liquid they put it in water you think? Yeah. Maybe. I'm not going to trust you after you could barely read a uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> trust me. But ultrasonication on the body is quite dangerous. So mm. those yes, yes. Uh, cavity waves that are um, created can actually break or cause cells to rupture. Ooh. Shit. Um, not good. It so, might get clean. Yeah. So I was Googling this. Uh, today to try and see if anyone's ever invented something mm. and I found one article which had a picture of a um, ultrasonic bath cleaner with a woman lying in it but I couldn't Ugh. find it as a real thing and I highly doubt that it's actually possible to on- ultrasonically yeah. clean anything. Yeah, It would be like the time when they used x-rays to see how shoes were fitting yeah. and they'd be like, mm, we should probably stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> did they really yeah oh, that's crazy <laughs> so the other thing i do to clean things sometimes is blow nitrogen on them yeah so imagine this i mean drying yourself after having a shower is quite difficult it's a chore that i despise and hate right and you mostly uh, i don't know really what's on you but just imagine instead of going into your shower to get water poured on you to do things you go into your shower and room temperature or body temperature, nitrogen gas is just... Um, Does it have to be nitrogen? It seems like a good way to well, asphyxiate yourself. Okay, air. Air, yeah. <laughs> Compressed air is just... Uh, I keep saying pounded today, don't I? <laughs> Pounds your body. You. Got to, something on the mind there, schmoopster. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> to, to get the dirt off. Yeah. I think, that'd be, I think that could probably work. I like the yeah. idea of... Of bathing in water, I think you'd get more grease and grime off you. But I like the idea of drying in warm, compressed air, right? Ah, Rather so than using it's kind a of towel. like the the hand dryer. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of that's the thing that's like drying a, me. A body, you know, you just stand there and just go all over you. Have I'm they worked the out that hand dryers are quite bad for the cleanliness of your hand? Um, something else I do to to get rid of dirt and things in the lab, maybe not so. Um, useful for humans is if you heat something up to above 400 degrees celsius in air carbon burns off yeah so if there's some way to heat my the very outermost part of my body to 400 degrees lasers yeah yeah. little concentrated laser pulses yeah (laughs) Yeah. and then everything just vaporizes on the skin yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, no that's going to be hard to do without Without damaging yourself to some degree, isn't it? I'll, 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 I'll let you do it. You, you, you test it on me? I test it on you yeah. for sure, yeah. About that. And the final part is, remember when you're a, um, uh, an adult and you're playing with glue? Um, oh, yeah. If you got glue all over your hands, mm. you peel the glue off, what's left behind is a pristine layer oh, of skin. Mm. Yeah, of, like a chemical peel. So imagine a whole body peel. Yeah, that's not bad. To clean yeah. yourself every morning. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or if you slept in a glue bed. Yeah. (laughs) I'm liking it. So like you're like shedding skin almost. And then just as you get out of bed, it rips off. It rips off. And then it keeps the dirt with it. And then you're left like you just you're ready for your day. Yeah. Fresh as a baby's what? You know what else we use in labs? What about a plasma cleaner? Ooh. Going into a vacuum and being bombarded by plasma. Uh, piranha solution, <laughs> very right. chemical etch. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 HF, yeah, yeah. Yep. So what's piranha? It was it's sulfuric uh, acid so and something else, isn't and it? And hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. And then there's another one with HF in it. That's HF. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but I remember being. Uh, I probably told this on the podcast before. Said this on the podcast before, but uh, a Russian colleague ex-colleague of mine he was like i'll teach you how to clean stuff 
and it wasn't in a fume club it cl- uh, cupboard it was just on a sink yeah like but not even on a sink like balancing on the edge <laughs> of the sink and i was like this seems pretty dangerous shouldn't we be doing this in the fume cupboard he was like not if you're very careful <laughs> <laughs> with hf uh with the no it's peroxide one so okay. yeah sulfuric acid and hydrogen peroxide that's being that's very careful as a requirement is not uh, put it in the sop good safety yeah 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 you must be very careful yeah so there we go very so good. there's something in there i just can't quite pinpoint which one i like the best i really wanted to work out a way for an ultrasonicator to be healthy no, i, I kind of like the glue one <laughs> I like the glue. As long one. as it's not strong enough to wax, because that would be painful for me. The, it's the full body immersion. It reminds me a little bit. It's a little different. Was do you remember in Empire Strikes Back? You're gonna hate no. this one. Ah, the carbonite. Luke, carbon. That's another one. There's carbonite, <laughs> but there's also when Luke gets um, oh, injured by that snow the, monster. Not the Tonton, yeah, the snow the monster. The other one, and he ends up inside this. They put him in like a huge vat of of yep. liquid, and it's sort of he's balancing there, and he's got a. A breathing mask on. Yeah. And I was like, that would clean your body pretty effectively. And it kind of bubbles and it's probably so comfortable in there. You just you can, float. Oh, and you can sleep. Yes. So overnight, you're sleeping in your water tank and you're getting cleaned at the same time. 37 degrees, you put salt in there so you float nicely. You put a little bit of antiseptic. There you go. Jesus Boom. Christ. Boom. Oh, hold on. I haven't even done mine. You haven't even done yours yet. You're excited. Go yeah. and give it. Right. Now, we've all come at... I actually thought we'd have some overlap, but we have all come at this from very different points of view. I was pretty <laughs> confident no one was going to go for BA I, thing. Yeah, I, I I was pretty sure. Hang on, we haven't heard Chris's yet. Maybe, <laughs> he's, maybe he's going for BA thing. Well, uh, <laughs> calm yourselves down because <laughs> I have not gone for BA thing. Um, and, and, and Smoothies was quite different as well. I was looking at um, bathing the body. Of yeah. course, but I was looking at um, optimizing that process. Okay. So, of course, there's lots of different ways you can optimize that. Well, you know, what about efficiency? How to get the cleanest in the shortest amount of time? Yes. You could optimize for that. What about combining bathing with other tasks so to like make a, your whole life a more suit efficient? That you would bathe in and you could just do stuff. I was thinking a bit more like Kramer off Seinfeld. So, while I'm in the shower, I'm cooking. <laughs> Maybe like a nice, like I could be in Bath and I'm making like a nice gazpacho tomato soup or something like that. Um, which dangerous. reminds me, did you guys want to come around for a meal? <laughs> a meal. When? Uh, soon I'm going to be making some bit of, soup. A bit of chopped lettuce? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be room temperature. Are you? W- <laughs> You'll enjoy it. It'll be nice. Sounds nice. like shit. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. It, might, ta- it might taste a bit like bath water. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... I didn't go for either of those options. Oh, good. Oh, we're on the third page. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> don't worry, Gibbo. I'll cut this. It'll, it'll be seamless, mate. Please turn over. Uh, no, I'm going for... I want to minimize bathing time. Okay. Okay. It takes up too much time. Minimize bathing time. That's kind time. of efficient. What is the isn't optimum it? number of baths, showers, humans require to stay healthy? Yeah. I'm not concerned about your smell or your odor. Yeah. Just to stay healthy. Yeah. So a lot of people might say you've got to bath as much as possible. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I have bathing as much as possible. I don't do think you see any downsides to that? Yeah. Uh, you end up with like what? all raw skin and you're scrubbing yourself and takes stuff. Takes up too much time. Takes up way too much time. So yeah, I suppose that's true. It takes up a lot of time. But um the other thing is as you said, you, you actually remove a lot of important oils and things like that from your skin, moisture from your skin, and I completely forgot about this. But for kids, they don't recommend dermatologists do not recommend bathing them at every day. So their recommendation is for kids between the age of six and eleven, twice a week. Yeah, I remember yeah. being bathed like that amount of well, time. Well, you're English. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys only bathe once a week all your lives. Um, and the idea is that a little bit of dirt and a little bit of, you know, is actually good for your immune system. Yeah. And actually will strengthen it. That's why I lick other people Yeah, to get really? some of their dirt into my mouth. To strengthen your immune system. Yeah. All right. It's, it's, it's not, a selfish act. I'm not convinced by that. All right. I'm going to come and lick you. Pause. Don't worry, Gibbo. What uh, was that? All that was on that page. Oh, is that all on one? It's too much there for me to go through. 
<laughs> Don't worry, mate. I'll cut it. It'll be a slick as. <laughs> All right. So. Oh. He's already trying oh, to change his doing, page again. He's going what, another page. What have you got written down? <laughs> This is all extraneous information. I don't know. Oh, have you just copied and pasted some huge article? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, mate. I'll make this slick as. So <laughs> so what I want to do is I want to optimize basically the number of times a week you need to bathe. Right. To to keep your immune system as strong as possible. Right. To minimize bathing time. Like a I, kid. I think there's definitely probably a point where you could bathe. If you're not bathing enough, you will get you will reduce your immune system because you get exposed to too much stuff. Right. So... We're going back to it. Two days a week. No, we're going back to the old standard. We need Gibbo clones. Right. All right. Good. All living exactly the same life, except we're varying one thing. Poor Joyce. The frequency of bathing. Yeah. Are there infinite Joyces as well? Because otherwise, this she's going to get pestered a lot by these Gibbos. No, there's only one of her. It's just bad luck. Ugh. That's the way it goes. Ugh. We're going to need eight Gibbo clones. One that bathes every day. One that bays six times a week. Yeah. One that bays five times a week. Oh, I get Four, this pattern. Three, two, two one, one, zero. Zero. And guess what? Stinky We've got a gibbo. gibbo that is never bathing. Well, you've got that but covered. What? <laughs> I got sick recently too. How long is this? <laughs> why don't you have one that bathes once every eight days? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I just thought I'd do a week. <laughs> Let's see how we makes sense. Yeah. So once a day, I'm going once a day. Yeah. Once a day. All right. So uh, we're going to do immunoglobin tests to measure the uh, level of certain immunoglobins, and that's going to be is that a thing or antibodies in the blood? It was on the uh, website I found, Uh Uh, and that's going to test the strength of our immune system. Okay. And we're going to monitor signs of infection and general illness and things like that. And we're going to wait a year. One year? Oh, they're going to a do it year. for a year. A year. That's good. I don't think zero bathing gib- gibbo will make a year. Well, he's going to have to. Shit. He's going to have to. People around him are going to suffer. And we're going to collate all the results at the end of that, and then we're going to work out what is the minimum frequency you need to bathe to stay healthy. Mm. Great. Uh, I hate the airy ones. I love the airy ones. That's Ugh. it. Well done, everyone. Bathing. Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Boys Rom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, like our Facebook page, join in the forum. AndyMatter.net. AndyMatter.net. And leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because that helps us a load Cameron sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Published Perishable Podcast and it was brought to you this week by Charlie's. Charlie's. Oh, yeah, man. All you can eat restaurant. Brighton Road, Sturt Road. That's the one. In Adelaide. Can't Shove your it. face like Yibo does at Charlie's. Yep, yep. They regret <laughs> seeing me every time I walk in the door. <laughs> Farewells. Bye. Bye from Gibbo. Bye.